So we're about oh, six minutes or so into the talk. And um, I'm just being kind of loose with things. So that's where we are this evening, talking about tight or loose. And um, we already went through um, a little bit about our practice and whether or not we're too tight with things or too loose with things and the benefits of that and the detriments of both sides. And really looking at how do we get a gauge on this? How do we get a gauge on how I am, tight or loose? So imagine that you have a sea captain, a sea captain that is sailing, let's say an old ship, and she or he is sailing this ship from New York to London, and they are sailing this ship, you know, for days and weeks. They have the sails up, you know, it's the old wooden wheel. And if you were to watch the sea captain from New York all the way, you know, sailing um, across the Atlantic, you would notice that there is thousands and thousands of little tiny wheel adjustments. You know, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. Now, if you ask the sea captain each time they did a motion with their hands, left or right, left or right, well, how come you went left? How come you went right? They wouldn't really know. They were feeling it. They were feeling the waves. They were feeling the wind. They were feeling the way everything was going. And they don't necessarily know in language how they were doing it. They were just going with the flow of what was happening. They were right there with the moment of what, how it was unfolding. They were in the moment of um, letting it unfold. And if you watch them, you might learn a lot more than just the hand on the wheel and how that works. You might also notice the attitude and the uh, intention and um, their um, energy and what they focused on. There could be all sorts of things to notice there but they wouldn't necessarily know what to say left or right, why they did left or right, why they did a little bit here or a little bit there. But you would notice that there was a way, there was a, a manner in which they were sailing. And so with our life, we're always coming into balance, like riding a bicycle. We're coming into balance there isn't any actual moment. Like we say, be in the moment. Well, that's, that's a training lesson, being in the moment. But as we know, there isn't actually a moment. You could splice a second into a million parts, and you would still have something that could be spliced a little bit further because it is just something that is flowing. So you're turning back toward what is happening the whole time you're on the bicycle. When you're on the bicycle, you never say, okay, I've got it, now I'm balanced. There's always these little tiny micro adjustments. You know, they sell those, um, those gyroscope um, segways. And you're on a segway, and inside it's got a little machine that like a thousand times a second is like balancing you. It's going left and right, left and right, left and right. It's just all these little tiny adjustments balancing you just so. It's turning back toward balance. And the more you get a sense for that, if you make really big adjustments at first on your bicycle, you'd be swaying all over the place. But then after a period of time, it looks like you aren't making any adjustments at all. 
And yet, when you're on a bicycle, you're always making micro-adjustments as you're coming back into balance. But when you first start off, as you notice, there's all the swaying back and forth. And that is a lot of what our life is like until we start to actually be attentive to it, to notice how we are, and to start to um, try to hone like how to be in this moment, whether it be starting with something at work, a personal relationship, something um, with a housemate, um, a romantic relationship. Um, these things are all constantly in motion, and there's no actual fixed moment. You're turning back toward it all the time, like you're on a bicycle. But you've seen other people ride bicycles before. And you have a little bit of a vision. A vision of what it is when somebody is riding a bicycle and it's working. A little bit of a vision of, that's kind of how I want it to be. Now, you're never going to ride a bicycle just exactly like somebody else. But you've got a vision of, oh, this can work. I can see how, how this could be in balance. And that goes a long way toward learning how to sail a ship, is noticing the way that the person approached the entire thing. And that's what we do in life with the the temple and what we do in life with anybody, is, is we find teachers. Now, we don't know we find teachers. You know, as David Foster Wallace once said, you know, everybody worships. And so wherever you are, you are being influenced by the people around you and you are learning and people are showing you how to do things. But you can actually choose in the midst of a work environment, in the midst of friends, in the midst of a family, in the midst of a neighborhood, you can notice the people who, in some area, I've always loved to like find somebody that seems to have balance, that seems to have a good... Um, grip on like just the tone and that right way to to approach a certain sort of situation that I have a problem with and for whatever reason they seem to be able to in that area just kind of like really hit it just just so you know it's it's very nuanced you can turn things a little bit too far and it's too much you know it's almost like your favorite you know artist or band um, you have an artist, and they're very similar to this other artist over here, you know. But this artist, you think, is a genius, you know. You're just like, I really get what this artist here is saying and producing. And this other artist, yeah, they're in the same genre, and they're similar, but it doesn't do anything for me. There's something here that's being tweaked that's just like, it's right there. They're hitting the right tone, you know. And the, the teachers out there are all around us. Now, we also have formal teachers at Zen Center where people meet and talk with a teacher. But a lot of different um, people in your life can end up being that teacher. So that's really the first thing that I usually say and that I look for for myself whenever I am dealing with a problem is that it goes a long way to have a vision of having seen somebody ride a bicycle. You know, now if someone gave me a bicycle, I could be like, well, I could imagine myself doing a lot of things with this thing. And could I really pedal it and stay upright and not fall over? I don't know. I could try it. I've never seen anybody ride a bicycle before. But if you've seen lots of people riding bicycles, you're like, oh, I kind of get how people approach this. I see what they're doing. They don't jump on and just like start pedaling really fast. They fall off if they do that. 
they get on, they go kind of slowly, and okay, I, I, see, I see the way people are approaching this. I was amazed one time, I had a teacher that I didn't expect, um, but you know, I used to be a manager at a bank here in San Francisco, and um, the, um, one of the things I didn't like when managing a staff was um, when you would have the team meeting and it would like be creative time where you'd be trying to solve a problem together, and then like you'd want you'd want to like make everybody happy where like everyone gets to speak and everyone gets to put out an idea, but not everybody's idea was great. You know, I'm like, well, I don't really like your idea, but I'm the manager and I don't want you to be discouraged. So how do I encourage you but say no? We're not going to go down that path. And then this other person over here is like, oh, that's a really great idea, but you, but you had the great idea yesterday, and everyone's going to be mad at you. It's like, you know, trying too much to caretake the room while still, you know, and that was always the thing that I hated, was like the creative time when you had to like, you had to come to a decision of what you were going to do, and someone's idea was the one you were going to go with, and whatever. So fast forward, I had quit the bank, I was studying voice acting in Sausalito. And I was working at this voice actor studio, or I was studying at a voice actor studio, and they brought up the head of Sony Entertainment for, um, uh, she was the project lead on all video games for Sony Entertainment. And her job was to take all the talent for the writers who would write the video games and the talent for all the voice actors who would um, you know, do the voiceovers for the video games. And she would get them to collaborate and come up with the best way and the best person and the best idea to create video games. And um, I just studied her because um, it was amazing. Like we had all these people, you know, a lot of voice actors, you know, big egos, you know, I want people to hear me and my idea and what I want to do and how the script should be read and blah, 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 blah. And we spent two days together doing this, you know, eight hour class both days. Um, on video games, and she was just effortless, the way she just, like, flowed between, you know, hearing someone's idea, and okay, yeah, that's great, okay, well, let's go with this over here, yeah, whatever, no, that needs more of this, and so, you know, and it just, there wasn't tension in the room the way it was whenever I was managing, you know, um, she just seemed to just flow. I found her to be a teacher in that area. And one of the greatest ways to find equilibrium around tight or loose is in, in to study other people and to study the folks who don't necessarily have the same problems, you know, the same hang-ups. Um, I even took the job at Citibank years ago because I actually loved the way that this guy, Greg Hill, managed. He just seemed to be able to do this weird thing as a manager where, you know, managers usually err on one side or the other. Either they're too tight or too loose, you know. They're either kicking people in the behind and no one likes them, or they're just really loose and they're just like, would someone control this team? And he just was like, he somehow or another, well, he actually kind of did both. He was like really loose and really tight. So we got a lot of really good work done. We all liked each other, but it was fun. And I was like, how are you doing this? I'm going to come work for you. So I came and worked for Greg. But teachers... You know, um, we all kind of want to be, I mean, I know I do, just as far as an inclination as a human being, I kind of want to be on autopilot. I want to find out how to be, okay, this is how I should be. Okay, I will be that way and now I'll be happy, you know. But that's just not how life works. Life um, is about discernment, about how should I, should I go left, should I go right. When you can eventually stop thinking about the, the, the ship, and just do it, 
That's when it really flows. That's when you're riding the bicycle. But until then, sometimes you have to think about it a little bit, you know, and then you have to let go of it, you know, and then just, just try, just get up and try and emulate the, the teachers and the things that people are, you know, teaching us. And watching teachers and then taking inventory, not every day or every minute, but taking inventory. How is my life working? Like, are my relationships, are they too tight or too loose? Is my spiritual life, like my inner life, my, my goals for how I want to grow as a person, like how am I with myself? Am I too tight or am I too loose? Do I have a good gauge for how to be? Is it working out? If it is, then great. Not much tweaking. So I tend to look at other teachers, every now and then take an inventory of how it's going. But the important thing is what it is that I see when I take inventory, how I deal with that. Because you can see too much and overburden yourself with criticism and with all sorts of things. Um, or you can just blow it off and be like, you know, oh, that doesn't really matter or whatever. But to really take inventory means a responsibility that I'm going to have to be a host to the things that I saw. I'm going to have to be a host to the things that I saw. Because those things, if you see them and you believe them, like, this is too much over here, this is not enough over there, I should be more like this, less like this, whatever, whatever it is I'm seeing through taking my inventory, I'm going to be plagued by those things if they don't have some place to live and integrate inside me. If I'm at war with myself because I saw this thing, then that's going to be even worse than not taking inventory. And so... I say be a host as kind of the third factor of this in regard to finding my gauge, my gauge of how to be in regard to tight or loose, looking for teachers, taking inventory, and then being a host with the stuff that I, you know, I think about a, a host that is, is gracious. You know, if you have someone that's a good host, it's like, I want to be in your place. I want to be in your house. I love the way that you serve tea or play music or make me feel like, you know, I belong here. It's just like a good host makes you feel like you can be creative, you can be funny, you can be sad, it doesn't matter, you can just be you. They just want you to show up and there's space for you. Here's space for you. I am a host. So I think about that in my head with the stuff that I want to work on. How am, how am I a host to myself? Am I a gracious, spacious host? Do I feel like I have a welcome space to do my work? Are the things that I saw things that need to be taken care of and then I'll be worthy? Or can I be like I'm hanging out with that really spacious person where I don't have to be anything more than I am today and that's okay? Being a spacious host to the things that you see. Because if we're acting out of fear our vision will be distorted. And that's what it is we're looking for to get a gauge on how I should be is clarity. And it's, you never really arrive at like, now I'm totally clear. Maybe if someone turns into a pure beam of light and they're one with the universe, then that's great. But most of us will still have that unfolding continuum.
And that clarity is what we're looking for. And if I'm acting out of fear, then my judgment is going to be clouded. And I am going to maybe accomplish some things, but I'm also going to kind of do it with like one flat tire. I'm going to do it in a way that's, you know, is kind of forcing the square peg in the round hole. And the more talented you are, be careful, because you'll be better at forcing square pegs into round holes. But clarity comes from a loving, spacious host. And that's where we get our barometer from, is from being a loving, spacious host. Being someone that has the capacity to take in the shortcomings that I see and to not have them overwhelm me, but to be able to integrate them and to let them evolve and unpack. Like a sea captain on a long voyage, steering a boat, we take the wheel and do our best to feel the waves or the wind and to be open to the journey so that we might love it. And to know that our vision will slowly emerge from that. So, um, 